0: This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues and ideas that shape our lives, with your guide, Dr. Matthew Jacoby.
1: Well, hello, listeners. Great to be with you again. I'm sitting in the studio with our good friend, Connell, and our our doctor in residence, (laughs) Matthew um, Matt Jacoby, it's great to have you guys with us. Good to be here. Yeah, yep. yeah, it is good to be here. These these fortnights seem to come around fast, don't they? And,
2: um, oh, they come around fast. And We've got another juicy, another juicy, juicy topic. topic today. Yes,
1: we have got a juicy topic as we continue in our worldview series. And uh, Matt, today it's God's will and our decisions.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I guess how God's will and our will, how God guides us in that mm. where we get to make decisions and what we get to make decisions cool. about, what God makes decisions about. Human wisdom. It's, it's, a, it's a practical worldview yeah, topic yeah. because there's a big picture here mm. um, about what it means to be human. And, and often topics like this are approached at the sort of micro level, you know, like a skill, you know, how do I, how do I discern God's will? And really, first you need to just pull out, so well, hang on a minute, let's let's just review the way in which we're called to live and actually what we are empowered to do and how our empowerment relates to God's sovereignty.
1: So there's about five episodes uh, <laughs> there alone. <won't>.
2: But they're <laughs> the good. questions. Yeah, they the, are Those the Those are the big picture questions, totally. and, and it's a good example of where individual uh, practical and theological issues do need to have recourse back to the big picture mm. and by big picture i'm not talking about a, a, like a logical theological system but the story you know we've talked a lot about the story and the importance uh, of the story that we're part of and it's from this that we understand who we are and what our purpose is and so forth and so all of these questions need to come back to that big to that big picture mm and i guess yeah. also the question
1: would be you know what is god's will you know to to some degree uh because i think sometimes we want to go back to god and look for his will on decisions that are already really clear through scripture about how yeah. we this how we're meant to make decisions how we're meant to treat people there's a whole lot of things there that we don't have to seek an answer for every time because uh scripture lays out for us um, the principles of of how we
2: should live. That's but, right, and so it's it, not it's not just about laws, no, uh, Either it's that we actually there's a purpose. Yes, so it's important to think in terms of a an unfolding purpose, purpose. not just static laws. Yeah, great. Because it's it's not just a situation of look, do what you want, uh, but just keep these rules. Sort of the boundaries. No, yeah. actually, mm. God is God, and He has a purpose uh, for humanity. So there's actually something positive for us to fulfil, and that's got to be kept in mind in making all of our other decisions. How do they How do they relate to the main purpose of our lives? It's not just a matter of is this right or is this wrong, as though there's a sort of vacuum of any other purpose. As though the purpose is basically for us just to get by, fill space, move to the next one. Yeah, Yeah. you know, fill space, uh, fill the time until we die. That's you know, as long as you keep the rules, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, and, and, you know, which, you know, what decisions does God let us make? And what do we, you know, what decisions is he meant to make? And mm. that, some of that way of thinking belongs in a sort of worldview that says, oh no, there's just this space that we fill. We just kill time until we die.
1: And we just don't want to stuff it up. In and we just time don't now. want to mess it up. You yeah, know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yep. it's,
2: and we just got to make sure that, that we, that we do it sort of morally, in a morally right way. Well, actually, yeah. that's not no. the worldview that we hold to. What we see, and, and to really build this from the biblical story, is that uh, we are empowered in very significant way. We're given to rule over the earth in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we're given authority, and there's a, there's, a, there's a reality to that authority, and that is indicated in Genesis chapter two, when we see Adam naming the animals, now yeah. that might seem like a you know, inconsequential sort of thing, but in those chapters and in the biblical worldview, that's a very consequential thing because naming is one of the key things set. that God totally. does yeah. in in that beginning. That naming something is about imbuing something mm. with a sense of you know sense of identity. It's about uh, ordering things. It's that's. It's particularly associated with the ordering of things. And so you get this sense that uh, God orders things perfectly, but what it looks like for human beings to exercise this authority that he's been given is to keep doing the things that God did, in a sense. So so to, to cultivate order. Yes. Because while while it was very good, you know, on the seventh day, God saw, as it says in the beginning of Genesis chapter two, God saw all that he had made and he saw that it was very, very good. good. Mm. Now, it was very good, but it wasn't finished yet. There was still work for human beings to do. Mm. and And that's indicated in that phrase, fill the earth and, and subdue it. Okay. Yep. So the subduing of the earth is what was yet to be done and subduing we have to understand subduing the earth is not exploiting the yes. earth, not instrumentalizing Definitely. it for our own purposes yeah uh, all of this has to be related to cultivating uh, that divine order in the world so uh, so the the momentum that begins and this is even why you know it's set up in this seven day sort of structure is because God is beginning a momentum of life of the work week. Mm. That is now going to determine what life looks like for human beings. So yeah. this is what, uh, you know, this is what God did in his mm. work week. Mm. And this is what then we're meant to copy because he's essentially setting up a pattern mm. for human life. Well,
1: he's actually setting up time because he's outside of time. That's right. And so
2: then he comes and says, you guys
1: are going to need time to to live life, to yeah. order. Uh, and this is how we're going to
2: define this time. That's right. Yeah. And so... So, we have a very strong sense of purpose yeah. right up there yeah. at the start. It's not just you know it's not just fill fill space. there's actually something to do, and uh, it is the establishment of of God's order. And that even as as Christians after coming to Christ, that is still very much the case. it's it's a important that we understand, make disciples you know, go and make disciples of the nations, the Matthew 28 Great Commission. It's important that we understand that in continuity with with the original human mandate to fill the earth and subdue it as Jesus said, go into all the world, so fill the earth, right? Mm. (laughs) He says to his disciples, uh, which includes us, fill the earth and essentially subdue it. Making disciples is to bring people under the authority of Christ, right? Under God's authority and to pattern their lives, to pattern their lives according to the order that he wants to give to our lives, right? So The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, is really a restatement of the original mandate, the creation mandate, fill the earth and subdue it. And so we have a a mission to fulfill, and all of our decision-making then relates to the fulfilling of that that mission. So there's like a macro. There's a macro mission, which
0: is the same for everyone, and there's my mission. There's a sense of, yeah, what is
2: the mission that God... As for me, personally. That's right. And, and, that's- and the us, the, the that first bit is important because there's an us first yep. before there's a me, right? Mm-hmm. So, I am part of an us. Uh, we're all on mission and we're all fulfilling different parts of it. And the way that that's expressed in the New Testament is that we're all different parts of a body. Mm-hmm. But the body exists for a
0: purpose, mm-hmm. for God's purpose. Yeah. So, within that micro-purpose, which is my yeah. purpose. The question that people have is: so, how much of that is do I get to choose how I run the mission? Yeah, you know, or is God already predefined? he's given us the macro mission, mm. the big picture of what it is we're trying to do? So then, how do I accomplish that in my sense of mission? Is that my decision, or has God predetermined that in some way and therefore requires me to walk in that? Or has he left it open to me Good question.
2: to figure it out? Good question. <laughs> That's
1: a great question.
2: Again, um, let me come back to a framework even for that now. Okay. So yep. so I've talked about the big the big picture. Yep. The the framework within which to answer that question is essentially provided in uh, in the Gospels, I, I would argue, as, as well as in, in the New Testament, very much, and I, I would describe it as a relational framework. Okay, so we've got to think relationally. This is everything is about relationship. Mm-hmm. It's about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Okay, so, so Jesus identified the greatest commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. Now that that provides the sort of big picture of the approach that we're going to take here. So it's a relational, it's a relational approach. So it's not like we go off, you know, we're centre off you go and, and do this and, and you can make mm-hmm. these decisions without me, but these decisions, these other decisions you need, need to make with, with me. Mm-hmm. Hang on. That's not thinking relationally. <laughs> that's just thinking functionally, right? That's, that's like the most important thing that needs to be done is a job, Yep. But actually the most important thing that needs to be done is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we love our neighbours ourselves. Everything's relational. Yeah. So the process really matters. And and it's not where we go off and we just make whatever decisions, nor is it that our oh, God makes the decisions instead of us. So is it is it do we make this decision or does God make this decision? God wants to be involved in every aspect of our life all the time. And that doesn't mean that oh, we just, we're just passive and he's active or the other way around. It means that we walk together. And Jesus provides the model for this. Jesus, the ministry of Christ is why I talk about referring back to the Gospels, because uh, he showed what it's like to live in perfect relationship with God as a son and a father. And so, for example, he says, uh, I think it's in John chapter 5 he says I only do yeah. what I see my father doing. Hmm. Essentially what he's saying is that I am in step with with the father like I'm another way to put that is to is being in step with the spirit in the into the flow of the spirit. So he's saying the things that I do I am doing because that's what God's doing and everything the whole of life is about doing things together with God. That's both the means and the end of life is to do things with God. Mm. It's 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 the with God, you know. Then I will be with. Them. I mean, the you know, the great goal in in Revelation chapter chapter twenty one is I will be their God, and I will be with them. You know, they mm. will be my people, and I will be with them. And so it's the being with God and walking together as one. That is the that is as I said, both the the means and the end.
0: So so, what if you've got a big decision to make you've got a new job going to move to a new city you're not really sure whether this is what god wants you to do yeah you've prayed about it you've been walking with god more than anything else you want that decision to be the right decision mm-hmm. because you fear that if god's not in this like i'll make decisions that are for the wrong reasons for my own hmm. sense of Pleasure or personal gain or, or, or whatever, yep. whatever, ego, and all the things that we've talked about. You know, the problem with the whole human predicament mm. drives a lot of the decisions that I make. And so I don't want to make a big decision like that that's going to have mm. lifelong consequences. So therefore, I want to consult with God on this. Mm. Now, what happens when I'm not sure what God wants me to do? Because you've, the what you were talking about before is good. Assuming, yeah, we, we want to apply that now. Assuming right. <laughs> that we know what, let's say let's say I'm walking closely with God. I know what God wants. I know his purpose. I know the big picture. But I actually don't know whether I go this way or that way. Yep, good. And there's big consequences attached That's right. to which way I go. And I've got absolutely no idea which way God wants me to go. And I've sought him and I've prayed about it.
2: And I've still got no idea. Is there something that you want to tell us here? Yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) That's where we wanted to get. But but – those two bits of context at the start do really apply to this. And yep. now I think it's for us to discuss the the practicalities Practical, okay. of this mm. and to to talk about what this looks like. And that's a classic example, you know, where, you know, we're not talking about what color car I, I you yeah. know, like, well, pick your favorite color, you know, I, I mean. But can I say, also-
1: yeah, yeah, I reckon even some of those bigger decisions, though. This is for the discussion, yeah. but I think there are things where, where I've felt like I haven't heard from God and so in a sense I've assumed, well, you know what, God doesn't mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, does like you say, is it red car or blue car, does does that really matter?
2: Yeah. And the other question is at what level does, Correct. does God want to be involved? So mm. if, if we're saying that God doesn't need to be involved with buying a red car or a blue car, mm. but in a sense he is because even in, in he wants to be involved in all aspects of life. And this is, yes. this has been an important realization for me because, you know, I've often, d- describe the change from me from going to a prayer life where it was like visiting, uh, you know, some great aunt mm-hmm. somewhere and I'd go and, you know, you go and visit the elderly relative and you sort of tick the box, you know, mm-hmm. you spend the hour, you have the cup of tea, and you, you have a discussion and then you, get on. well, board. I've done that, yeah. I've done my, you know, I've done my weekly visit with Nana mm-hmm. once and such. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can treat God with that. We sort of pop in for a visit, mm-hmm. um, you, God, you're right with everything, um, and and then we go and you know we go off and we we live our lives. Whereas actually, you know, God wants fellowship. So even uh, even in the process and of even the little things in life of having a sense of walking with God in yeah. all sorts of situations. Now again, you know, totally, what does that mean? Totally. I mean, it's uh, I mean mm. it's difficult to break that break that down into you know into bits. But for me, a, a very important moment of recognition of this actually was I remember being a, out on tour once with the band and and I was just a bit perturbed by I, I didn't feel like my headspace had been really great on these uh, on the last tour and and uh, and I was sitting on a train we were in Holland I was sitting on a train I was sort of praying about this and asking God about this and I just sensed I sensed God saying to me you know don't just come and visit me at the end of the day. Because I was off to, you know, do a bit of tourist stuff and, you know, and my plan was to do that and then spend an hour in prayer before the gig. And then, and I just sensed God said, why, what's going on with that? Like, why, why not involve me in your enjoyment of what you're going to do now? And, and, and so you're not visiting me like some elderly relative. And that's where really that sense that had that sense. And it was actually a really important moment for me because my, the sense of being of God's enjoyment in my enjoyment in in during that day was just so. It was one of those tangible experiences, you know, that uh, you know, that I, I've had that in which something is exaggerated because God's saying, showing me something, yes. you know, and and it's never really since that time. That's never really. That's never really gone away, even though you know not everything's been that obvious. But just that sense of, and we we talk a lot about the constancy of God. And for me, you know, some of this sort of goes back to this this time of recognizing that God wants to be part of our of our every day, you know, all the time, and wants us to be conscious of God, and. And my in the interesting thing in that in that situation, like through those days, I was just so conscious of God. I mean, I I love being in Europe. I love, you know, seeing the old towns and but I it actually enhanced my enjoyment because I sense God's blessing in everything. In my enjoyment, I sense, man, God's blessing me. Like, you know, so recently when I did actually go and buy a car, uh, I can actually remember hopping in going in the yep. yard and and just thinking, oh Lord, I'm just so blessed. Like thank you that i get to even that this is even possible for yeah, me you know yeah. and and so my sense of gratitude in that was part of doing things with god and and may i say too that it completely changed my actually on that tour it completely mm. transformed my headspace when i did hop into a ministry space just the sense of 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 connection with God in that place where I really wanted. Because see, I was thinking I'll go off and do my stuff mm-hmm. and then I'll step into the thing, the ministry thing. That's the bit that I do with the God. Secular and where the God's sacred saying, no, no, yeah. let me I want to do all of life with you, you yeah. know. And that actually completely transformed the ministry space yeah. as well. And I get that. I wasn't trying to say that you wouldn't, but I've seen people who would then
1: sit in that car and go, God, unless you clearly tell me now this is the car, I'm not buying it. Yeah, yeah. Or or they'll go and pray over a car in the car yard. And wait for something from God to say, buy mm. this car. You know, now, yeah. now that could be a re- the way they relate to God, but I don't know that that's true for everybody. I don't. I, I mean, I know I have prayed to pray, oh Lord, you know, if there's anything I need to know about this car, bring it to my attention. But, but I've not actually gone. Is this the car or is this not the car? I've then used my common sense to go. Well, these are the things I need to check on, and this is, you know, using yeah, the car using as an yeah. example. Now, there's obviously much more important things than that's that. That's right. No,
2: I, I know, but let's let's talk about those yep. those sorts of examples. Because we don't want to shut them out, we no, don't want we to don't, say, totally. "Oh, they're small things, and God doesn't want to be involved no. in that." I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that we we walk through those situations, you know, with God, and and it's not that we defer to God, like, "Oh, should I go left or right here, or should I buy the red one or the blue one?" Or it's that it's it's not about that. It's yeah. it's a more a more constant and relational sense. In the same way as I. I might go with my wife or with one of my kids, or you know, it's it's there's a there's an enjoyment in the process, and yeah. I mean, I know that's difficult to imagine with you know with God, but you just got to remember you you are moving through every circumstance with God. Mm. The other, the, uh, perhaps, a good way to put this though, and, and to take this down to a more practical level, one of the one of the u- the useful ways that that I've seen. To I think make this distinction, rather than thinking of God's will as like a bullseye, um, that there's one right decision, uh, I think it's more useful to think of uh, sort of like an like a, a, a like a paddock in a sense, you know, boundaries. Yeah, like boundaries, you know. So there there are there are boundaries that are clearly given to us uh, in Scripture around. So you know, if it's buying a car, you know, you, you need to buy within your means and and don't overburden yourself financially because because if you you know if you go into too much debt that might you know tie you up in ways that you don't want to be tied up and so so it and it's not even a matter of that there's the clear boundaries of i guess clear principles you know so uh you know make sure you know you're living within your means and and you're not it's not gonna Mm -hmm. you know cause you, you know, financial problems. And, I mean, I think there's, again, working out where the line is there. But there's even clearer ones. Don't steal it. Yes. Right. (laughs) Uh, Be honest, you know. And all of those sorts of things, so there 's clear moral boundaries and and then there 's there 's those boundaries around like principles you know don 't get tied up in financially so much that you don 't have room to move and that you 're so financially pressed you don 't have room to be generous mm. uh, you know uh, live live as simply as possible yeah. you know i, I mean there, there, there are you know, it's not about we're not we're not called to be uh, ascetics in the sense of yeah. like monastic where we where we have nothing. I mean, you know, we, we can uh we can in, enjoy good things and if it's within our means, then absolutely that's fine. You just want to make sure that you're putting God's again in that big yeah. thing. You're gonna make sure that the main thing is the main thing. Yeah. And that you're that your main thing isn't having all the good stuff, that your main thing is the purpose of God and that nothing, none of these things are going to inhibit, even potentially inhibit your ability to serve God, which may mean being able to be generous and and with, with people, Mm. with you, with your money and so forth. Mm. I, I found for me, just to give a practical example, when I've, discovered that my desire
1: to have a certain thing is is so kind of almost overwhelming. I've not gone for that until I've got to the place of going, eh, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And if it isn't, I, I've kind of had to intentionally discipline myself. You know, if it's buying a car and I really want this car and I feel like, oh, I really want that car. It's like until I don't really want that car, I don't make, I don't make the decision because I feel like it's being driven by a desire that's possibly not you know
2: yeah well well this that brings us to another another good point really yeah. doesn't it and yeah. that is uh you know we've got to examine our motives yeah. so so there's a number of factors here yeah. making sure we've got the we've got the right motives you know that it's not about I'm not buying this car as a status symbol. Like, really, search your heart. You know, why? Why or this fulfill
1: car? something in me that I feel I'm missing, and I think that car's going to do it for me? Yeah, you know, cause a, a lot of us probably use shopping therapy when we're feeling a bit flat about. Yeah, life. maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever it might be, what is the exactly right? What is the driving desire that makes me want that? Yeah, that's right. Item, whatever that is. I mean,
2: I bought a you know bought a Mazda recently, but I was very tempted to buy an Audi, mainly because of the obvious superiority of German engineering. <laughs> so there was probably a bit of. Uh, Generational pride there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, but you know, uh, so, so there there are motive issues there. that yeah, You've totally. really got to be, and, and the, you know, these are a chance. The, these become uh, an opportunity, actually, to go deeper, to yeah. go deeper, and to allow God to bring up things within mm-hmm. you. So why why that one? Why is there a, is mm-hmm. there a? Sometimes it can bring up good sort of conversations totally. that you probably are overdue to have with God. Yeah. Then there's another aspect to this and this is the aspect of wisdom. So rather than thinking that we live, you know, that that we've got to be constantly sort of on the phone, god is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I buy the red one? Should I buy that, you know? We're actually we're actually called to live wisely and in wisdom. And it, to live wisely is to actually for us to make decisions. Like god wants us to be wise. Uh, you know, get wisdom, though it costs you all that you have. I mean, there's so much in the Bible about wisdom, and we are, you know, we're constantly told mm. to be wise. Now, to exercise wisdom is to have an element of freedom, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's totally. It means, you know, wisdom isn't, oh, God, you just make this That's not wisdom right? at yeah. all. Exactly. No, well, that's not exercising wisdom. <laughs> that's just the instruction. Goal, remember, the goal here is that we become a certain kind of person, mm. right? This is where this brings us back to God's purpose, right? So... Uh, We are the instruments of God's purpose in the world, and so how is this decision, what effect is this going to have on me, Um, or even the way in which I make this decision? Uh, you've got to be careful not to be impulsive. I've got to be, make sure that I'm, that I am, you know, searching my heart and my motives and, and I'm allowing God to bring things to light that, you know, maybe I do just want the status symbol. And I'm, so I'm going to spend an extra 20,000 that it's just not really, uh, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, you, you, you can afford that. And, and, and because God's blessed you and that's fine, mm, like yeah, go for that, yeah, but totally. still search your heart. you yeah. know, yes, exactly. Um, and, and that's, the, the process is all about living wisely. You know, a, a wise person does search their heart and their motives, And but a wise person also, you know, wisdom also gets down to the the brass tacks of, you know, is this actually the cost benefit of this going to, You know, is, is this the best sort of, car? have I sought advice? You know, is it just about, am I just buying it because I like the look of it? Maybe you should, you know, call your mechanic and ask his his advice because as the proverbs say you know something about you know having advisors and of many. that's in the yep. council of many and so yep. forth so and so,
1: count you know before you build a t- count the cost
2: before you yeah. build a tower
1: all those sorts of yeah. things yeah and it's know? not
2: like it's not like those principles of wisdom just apply to the big things no it's right. no it's it's about a way of living mm. where i recognize perhaps my impulsiveness maybe my uh you know propensity to wrong motives maybe uh you know so maybe i need to uh get some advice and, and 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 that's a really good
1: point because what might be fine for you let's just go with the car analogy for a minute because your heart and your motives are right it's fine for you to have that car but because I've got a struggle with that yeah it's not good for me to have that car do you yeah. know what i'm saying and and so it's not like it's about the car it's actually about me mm. yeah that's right yeah yeah and that's why it's important i think for us
0: to be aware of our how we do respond to those things yes, like totally. our own standing before god mm. And, mm. and awareness of of our own failings and inadequacies within that and knowing that we act out of desire to be liked or have a status symbol totally. or for people to think we're successful. We sort of still crave those things. Now you could go through life and be completely unaware of the fact that you even think like that. Yeah, And I think all the stuff we've been talking about in this podcast is all about this is who we really are. When we really get down to it, the sin nature that's within us mm. leads us to make decisions that are kind of counter to yeah. who God wants us to be. And that's not at a, a, that's not just a personal level. These are like principles yeah. of which, you know, it's almost like a framework that applies for all of us is that there's ways of which God wants us to behave and wants us to live. Mm. So I think the first thing in making any decision is making sure that, when we make decisions, that we make them within that framework. God's laid it out for us, and we need to lean into God to understand what that framework is and where we stand within it. So I think there's that. And then you've got wisdom, Mm. which is kind of like, it's almost like God gives us a scope within wisdom then to make our own choices, wise ones and and unwise ones. And the, the question then that comes to me is then, well, If I make an un I don't want to make an unwise choice. So therefore I want to rely on God's wisdom, which is Mm. supremely above my wisdom. So I don't I want to avoid making bad choices. And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from when they've got those big decisions. The consequences are big. I don't want to rely on my own wisdom. I need to know what what is it. I want to avoid the wrong decision. And I think the way that I think about this is that Within that, there's not necessarily a right and a wrong decision. If I make the wrong decision for my own foolishness, that's not necessarily going to change the mission or the purpose that God has for my life. Yeah, It will still, ultimately, we're not going to change those things, but it might mean that we're going to have a bumpy road along the way. And that actually might be part of what God wants to do. He actually wants us to feel the impact of our
2: Foolish decision in order to achieve what he actually. Well, wants. that's also how how we get wisdom. Yeah, yeah I, I, so. I think I think the dichotomy between human wisdom and 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 God's wisdom that can be misunderstood mm. as though, oh, if I use my own wisdom, I shouldn't use my no wisdom is wisdom. Yeah, and when you know, for example, in in one Corinthians, you know, one and two, when the apostle Paul speaks about man's wisdom. Uh, you know, he's speaking. He's speaking of Sophos, like man's philosophy, the, the man's way of working things out. He's not saying that wisdom is something just has to sort of descend. You know, like it, like the 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 right decision or or, or the, or, you know, something just descends in a sense. Um, because wisdom, in the ordinary practical sense of day to day wisdom, you know, wisdom is wisdom, and even you know the proverbs, for example, are involve very you know proverbs that were written by like non-israelite wise people for example mm. part of the proverbs is incorporates mm. so you know like wisdom is wisdom good advice is good advice and you know you can consult your mechanic uh, whether your mechanic is a christian or non-christian oh, i can only consult a christian mechanic, mm. or i can only go and see a christian because actually you know we like wisdom wisdom is wisdom you yeah. know and 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 all wisdom is God's wisdom and all truth is God's truth yeah. in as much as as it is wisdom and it is truth, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so it's not like we have to, you know, we, we, we should only listen to Christian doctors or, or, or Christian uh, mechanics or, yeah. Chris, you know, it's just like, uh, but just coming back, because I think, I think the small decisions uh, are a good way of, even sort of road testing a little bit for the bigger decisions so to let me just give you an example let's stick with the with the car thing for the moment because i recently bought uh, a car for my son
1: it was I, a German nice, really nice. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. Actually. SL coupe. <laughs> we ended no. up buying a Toyota
2: Corolla. <laughs> uh, and, you know, because it's, but, oh, mate, you should get like a BMW, like an old BMW, and, which would have been the stupidest thing because it would yeah, break, yeah. break yeah. down, then you'd be up for thousands. Got yeah. and the fortune Right. So that would have just been foolish. Yeah. It would have indulged perhaps some, yeah. some of my. Like, anyway, but anyway, mm-hmm. to be honest, I, I find the whole thing a bit stressful and, and, it's, it's such a maze at, you know, buying cars. And I, and I really, I just, you know, I said, God, please help me. Like, can you just, you know, help me to come, come, up, come across the right, you know, right car. And, and so, you know, I'd search and I had options and, and I'd say, oh, I think this one, you know, that looks great. And I was a bit impatient. I just wanted to, you know, buy the thing. And, and I think I'll just, I'll make an offer on then Kate said, hang on, have you asked, uh, have you asked Brian, which is, is my, you know, mechanic and, and, I said, oh, I think, no, no, I think it'll be fine. Because mm. <laughs> I, I just want to, you know. Yeah, get it done. And she said, I don't think that's... She said, what would you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> wisdom. Said, yeah, what would you know, the really? That. So right there, you know, there was... Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of wisdom, mm. you know. I was just I was being impulsive. Mm. Uh, I I thought I knew stuff that I didn't. You know, I thought, no, this will be fine. You know, it's another uh, thing off the list. Yeah, another thing off the list. I was being way too arrogant about what I thought I knew. Right? I was I was, you know, about to step into a bad decision. Of course, rang up yeah. Brian. and said, no, no, don't buy one of those. I've <laughs> have have those in all the time with engine problems or whatever. Anyway, it, it, and 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 in the end uh, thanks to, you know, good advice and whatever. And, and, you know, we, uh, you know, I managed to to buy a car and there was also a decision around, well, you know, if I'm going to buy him a car, I want, I'm going to make him pay this much as well. Mm. And, and so I'm going to talk to him, how much are you actually willing to pay? Cause I don't want to just, so there's a whole lot of, and that's about wisdom in parenting. And yeah. so yeah. even in sense of buying a car, there was so much wisdom mm. and character stuff I found at work, in that, but there's yeah. a process, as if there isn't in in the bigger decisions. But it's yeah, it's right. like
0: the the value in it is the process of going through the decision making. It's yeah. not the actual outcome. Like God doesn't care what yeah. kind of car you buy. Going through the process of being yeah. of being wise and, and so on, and actually yeah. taking. Probably also taking responsibility for making a good decision. Yeah. And not just delegating it out to God, because I think yeah. that can happen too. You go, look, I don't want, I'm just going to shirk my responsibility to make a good decision. Yeah. And then- and, Cause and it doesn't and, develop you. And that's right. Yeah. So, God, you just tell me what to do. And so I'm yeah. just shirk my, God probably doesn't actually care in a lot of cases, which there probably isn't, or probably rarely even, is there a right and a wrong. If you are truly were working with God- There's lots of decisions you can make and they're not right or wrong, but God wants to shape you through the decision making. And he wants you to own the decision making process and not shirk it and not just delegate it to God and you tell me what to do.
2: Yeah. and, And he wants us to learn to apply wisdom. Yeah. In that, and he wants the process to even when we make mistakes, he's willing to let us make mistakes so that we learn wisdom. Sometimes yeah. we have to learn the hard way.
1: And, and can I just say to that, and perhaps let's me just move outside of the sort of the car thing, just because I think there are bigger, yeah. bigger decisions yeah. that people make in life. You know, even if we do make a mistake, even if we make poor choices before we really have a great relationship with God, God can redeem those situations and use them for his purposes going forward. That doesn't mean we just. Don't care, and we make those mistakes, but nothing's beyond God redeeming it and taking it. I've talked to women who who had an abortion when they were young and feel the incredible shame and guilt about that, but then how when they've come to faith and and, and wondered how God would accept them than that they've seen how God's then used them to talk to other young women yeah. who've yeah. been in that. Situation. So God can take even what might be bad decisions before we know Him. Moving on to when we do know Him, I think couple of things that you said before that I just wanted to highlight, and you, you as well, Matt, is it's not just about what we want and our desire as well. It's also about, as you said, the bigger picture of God's purpose for your life. Yeah, and yeah. so if I'm doing ministry, let's say, or I am work for a, an organization or a non-for-profit or in a community group that's serving people who are on the poverty line— it's not going to be really helpful if I turn up on a Rolls Royce every day. That's not going to actually right. serve God's purpose because those yeah. people are going to look at me as someone separate. And if I want to feel like I'm, so it's there's all of those considerations
2: in God's bigger purpose for us. And that's right. Um, you know, I mean, and it's interesting in 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 my case, I you know, I thought about that. I thought I can't be wrong. <laughs> you know, and then now uh, we, yeah, it's just RS5. a bit too. Yeah. It's just a bit too much, you know, tension. And even though I was going to get that cheap but in the, in the end, it was mainly about the stupidity of, of buying an old uh, European car, but anyway, yeah. but that's that's an important perspective, Stu, because mm-hmm. you've got to think: how does this impact on my ability to fulfill, fulfill my purpose? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. and so when we, so that's a good segue to the bigger decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, we can easily make those big decisions for the more money or the more the the higher status, and and you know those are things that typically people follow. Mm-hmm. They they follow that promotion. This is because. Uh, I might make a decision because it's the next step up, right? And, and we take it for granted that we're, we're, we've all got to climb the ladder, right? If I'm in this position now, then the next thing needs to be one step up, right? Because all, all of life is about climbing ladders and getting further to the top. And that's just a really bad construct. That's mm. that That is a worldly construct. Yep. It may be that... Being in the right place means that you have to take a step down. Uh, most people on staff in, in our church, in order to do ministry, have taken significant steps down yeah. in pay grade, in status, yeah. in, a, in a lot of respects to step uh, into ministry. Yeah. And so you're going to have problems if you're chasing the the corporate ladder. Yeah. Uh, or even if you're chasing the money, you know, I'm going to take. But that's also it's, not it's wrong. Not, no, it's not straight wrong either. It's that's like, right.
1: There may be reasons God does want you because he wants you in the top level of government and exactly. having yeah. influence and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. This is where it comes down to our relationship and our ability to discern what God's saying to us and that sense of peace we get when we make mm. those decisions. Yeah. yeah. What I'm, I
0: was just thinking about too is that I think we view things as our life decisions as very linear in terms of progression through life. So mm. even if we were going to make a decision to move to another job on the other side of the world, to us that's a huge decision, a major life decision. Mm. And in a sense, it's a progression of a taking a big step forward in my life. Yeah. Now, from God's perspective, it may not be a big decision at all and not even a step forward mm. because the step forward from God's perspective isn't so much of those decisions but it's how we went about making the decision yeah, in the good. first place yeah so where you end good. up and where you live and what job you had actually wasn't wasn't the important thing here there's a, there's another it's almost like there's another dimension in terms of the progression that God wants to take you through is the change in the redeeming of your character and mm. in in transformation of of who you are When I look at my life, it's go, I want to do this and I want to do this and I'm going to move in and I'm going to take this job and I'm going to buy this. That's all happening kind of in one dimension, but there's almost like another dimension where there's, it's the process of the decision-making.
2: Which comes back to the point about being relational. It needs to be a relational process. So if, you know, if I'm looking to make a big decision like that, then- you know praying through that and and mm. seeking God on that and and asking God to uh to give us wisdom now we will exercise the wisdom but we ask God to give us wisdom but we also ask God to bring things to the surface are there things here that I'm not seeing are there aspects of God's purpose that we need to see do we need confirmation you know from God uh, that this is the right thing and I mean we got to be careful about too much of asking for the fleece, you know, the story of Gideon's fleece. You know, if I put the fleece out and there's dew on the ground, but Mm. not on the fleece, and then he does it again. And
1: I mean, but the flip side of that is Joshua
2: and the Gibeonites where they didn't inquire of the Lord. No, that's right. Exactly. You know, it's like, so so I think we've got to be careful about looking for signs too much. And yet at the same time, Mm. I think it does honor God for us to look for, you know, are there any red flags here, God? Uh, There've been plenty of times where where I have, including uh, when I stepped into the senior pastor's role, I, I, I felt like it was such a big thing. I needed, conf- I really wanted confirmation from God, and within within a week of praying for that and asking God for that confirmation, I had a whole score of people communicate with me and say, you know, you should step up. In t- you know, have you thought about – and I, just in a way that could not have been, a, yeah. a, you know, a, just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Stu, so you had the same experience. You moved your whole yeah, family here gonna, to Australia. Yeah, exactly. How did you make that decision? Yeah. so I would All the bit, way from New Zealand. All that way. Yeah. Uh, as well, well, the most
1: beautiful country on earth. And and apart from my mother, no one in our family Christians. So going and saying God's called us – I feel God's called me to go to Australia. It was like, you what? And we had our, the first grandchild in the whole of our family yeah, wow. who was six months old. So this was a massive decision and i'd had actually three months to make the decision it was an employer that was moving me from new zealand or wanted to move me from and i had about three months to make the decision and it got to the sunday before the monday that i had to make the decision and i'll be be as brief as i can on the bus i think there's important aspects of it i'd been sort of working out in my head as you do well if we got back to new zealand once a year or twice a year how many times would the Grandparents get to see the grandkids, you know, all that stuff goes yeah, on your yeah. head. And I got to the Sunday, and I'd gone to church with Christine, my wife, in the morning. In the evening, I said, "I'm going back. I just don't have clarity on this." And I said, "God, tonight, you need to make it absolutely clear to me that I'm to move, you know, to Australia." We were attending a Presbyterian church, and uh, they had a guest speaker who was a Baptist, John the Baptist, actually, mm-hmm. as it happens. And I'm still in contact with him because of what happened. He gets up, he talks about Moses and Pharaoh's um, in Pharaoh's regime and how he was comfortable and everything was going great but God actually called him out mm. and uh, John the Baptist says at the end of his message so maybe God's asking you to perhaps you know move towns maybe even change jobs perhaps he's even asking you to move countries you need to be obedient and I sat there <laughs> going he hasn't said my name he hasn't said my name but it was for me that was really clear mm. yeah. uh, went home to my wife and and of course we did we did move here but I want to just take it one step further because the minute we got here? I felt like I was in the desert.
2: Yeah, right. Okay.
1: And, I, and I feel this is why spiritual markers is such a big thing for me because I had to go back so many times in the first two or three years that we're here and say, because I think the enemy was really trying to say bad yeah. decision, bad decision, bad yeah, decision, right, yeah. and say, I need to know for sure. That I heard from God mm. at that point, and so that's why I feel like spiritual markers in mm. terms of when you really hear from God, because you might then not hear in some subsequent decisions. You right. know, a bit like when Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized, and there's a sense of all this temptation coming at us. Um, I had to be able to go back and go, no, no, I know for sure, for sure, for sure that I heard from God that this was mm. the place that I need to be, yeah. and I got to push through this. So, yeah,
2: I think in situations like those, we also need to ex. Exercise wisdom yep. uh, and discernment around what we take to be signs. Yes. So, for example, one uh, you know, one quite common situation is when a situ- when when there's a situation of a lot of conflict, and and so. You, you know, I find people saying, "Well, this is probably a sign that I shouldn't be in this job." Whereas, actually, maybe you're, why you're contributing there. to the conflict, and and maybe God wants to, you know, do a bit of character development, wants you to address that conflict. So, rather than running away from it, exactly. maybe you actually need to address it. And so, you know, or well, that's why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So, in
1: the instance when I came here, I came into from a work point of view something that was a terrible mess. Yeah, and it was like, <clears throat> and instead of saying, well, oh, maybe God's got me here for." such a time as this, yeah. it was like, oh, have I made the wrong decision? You
2: yeah, know? that's right. So it going bad, things going badly doesn't yeah, mean that's right. that you shouldn't be in it. Mm. Uh, God is often putting us in situations and things go badly. And rather than saying, oh, th- things are going badly, I don't like this, there's conflict here, wrong. this is yeah. uncomfortable, therefore I shouldn't be in this this situation, man, we'll just go to heaven then. Yes. I mean, yeah, totally. we, we, we are called to be in situations agents of, change. of mm. conflict and agents of change and conflicts mm-hmm. so so we should never run away yep, ne- totally. you know never um you know take that uh, well or at least i think we need to be very careful, careful. about yeah, taking totally that uh, as guidance because that can just be a sort of an excuse to escape from something the, the other thing though that can happen and this has been a big part of my experience is following the things that god cultivates in your heart you know, there are natural propensities and things that we're that we're drawn to that actually can be a really key part of God forming things in you. You know, I told, you know, the story I think in a previous episode about the decision making that led me that led me through yeah, the, guitar the, the music and, and yep. the, you know and yep. how I was a, just really obsessed with music and I just wanted to be a musician and, about, and I, you know about I had two this episodes injury. ago yeah, if yeah, you want right. to tune into it and i had this hand injury that that really p- put a roadblock in the way and how terrible that was for me but that actually was god guiding me into it, something that i would not have ever gone i mean i ended up going to university i never ever thought i would ever go to university and and i did that just because i couldn't go to music college and couldn't keep studying music and mm-hmm. so and yet that you know that led to in the end both to you know d- d- amazing trajectory for me so on the one hand I was kind of right like that you know the, God did want me to serve him with music but at the same time he put a roadblock in place as well now I struggled with that roadblock and and now I know uh, well maybe God's it, plan it, was better it, it, yeah it well it wasn't that God didn't want me to do that God mm-hmm. wanted me to address some things in my yeah. heart actually because yeah. it was I mean music was a bit of a cuz cuz it's often often the things that like your calling your area of calling can be the first thing that can get distorted you know so so don't throw away your calling just because you experience a lot of friction or or in some ways that gets you know perhaps there's a lot of ego associated with that or uh you know I've seen this a lot in musicians that you know they they go through a bit of a spiritual struggle around uh, you know, around ego and, and pride and, and you know, mm. perfectionism, whatever the issues are. And so they think, oh, well, maybe I'm not meant to do music. Whereas, no, no, you, you're meant to do music, just deal with the personal issues. Yeah. And the only way to deal with it is in it. So, you know, so I think- That's a good point. Yeah. Th- there, there can be r- real things that God has put in our heart that are areas that he wants us to move into he also is going to really test our hearts in that mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. and 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 maybe there are things that will happen that will that will really turn our world upside down maybe our, you know dreams will get dashed because maybe they're the wrong maybe we're hoping in the wrong thing and dashed hopes are important if mm-hmm. they're false hopes mm-hmm. so uh, i've i've discovered uh, a lot of that but there's there is a sense of guidance in the way that god shapes us and uh, you know, I look, you know, and even what God brings forth. So, you know, for me at one stage it was all about music. But then as I started to study and I, I started to have a real desire to, you know, step into the academic thing and I was passionate about that and and, and I wanted to do that. And actually, that was God opened up a desire that I didn't ever really think. I mean, I, there's no – in fact, yeah. I would have felt the opposite. Uh, and it's, it was interesting because it happened again uh, after many years' study, actually when I was toward the end of my uh, doctoral studies. And – you know, at that stage, you know, man, I'm, I'm just me and my wayward heart. I, at that stage, I'm thinking I'm going to climb the academic ladder and I'm going to get a good, you know, university position. I'm going to publish and I'm going to, you know, be the lot, lot of achievement orientation there. And it was interesting that towards the end of that, that, that period, I just had this real, just the joy started to drain out of that space. And I, and I started to really lose myself a lot. Uh, in that space, and and actually, um, partly because of that, you know, I, I re- was really like God. I, I you know, I j-, it, it, it was part of that that opened me up actually to a pastoral call because after I finished my PhD, at while at one stage I was thinking I would go and become a you know be a university professor, I ended up becoming a young adults pastor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and so. Um, and, and and the course of events that led to that, again, we had to do with this real draining out of the, you know, of, uh, I guess of that desire in, in that academic yeah. space yeah. and and a sense that God was directing me, you know. Now, of course, I came back to that and I, you know, I do I do work as a lecturer now, but sometimes God, the- The, the pathway is different. It, the, yeah, the, you know, the pathway can be, God will shape a passion within you. Sometimes it'll be a, something that you never even had before. Yeah. There are so many different ways in which which we do that. The key, actually, is to keep it relational. When I think back and I think about that what I see is not primarily the decisions that I made. What I see is the things that God was doing in my life that so providentially led me to where I am now. Sometimes in spite of myself, I may say. A lot of times in spite of myself. And I where I think back and think, Oh, thank God that you put that roadblock there. Thank God that you that this happened, that at the time was a disaster, but mm. it it pointed me in the other direction. Thank God you did this. And thank
1: God you didn't give me what I prayed for because I thought I wanted it. Yeah. And and, time as well. and and
2: that has made me And and I I can remember way back in my early Christian Christian years praying a very, very important prayer. This was a very clear moment to me when I sensed how easily I would lose my way. I just had this sense. I It's going to be so easy for me to lose because, you know I- – uh, first generation Christian, you know, all of these, all of this mixed up things going on in my heart, I, and I'm thinking to myself, how can this? I'm a broken compass. Like there is, how on earth am I ever going to end up in the right place, right? Because i when I looked at myself, I, I saw yes, an absolute passion for God, a gratitude around be, being a Christian, but everything else was just dysfunctionality, yep. <laughs> right? And 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 I remember praying. I said, God. It's like I made a covenant with God. I said, God, I want you to do whatever it takes to keep me on your path. Both prayer. Yeah. Oh, and and I knew it was a significant mark. I remember where I was? Actually, I was in in I was actually overseas at the time. I was in Kuala Lumpur. And I was in a uh, we were staying in in a church, and I was standing in this church uh, auditorium, and and just praying that. And I and there was a moment where I just it was one of those prayer moments that it was a real line in the sand. Do whatever it takes, and actually. God did do whatever it took. And, and there, you know, a lot of things went on, uh, you know, that was so sovereign and things that I didn't like at the time. But I'll always remember and I would always respond and recognize, oh, no, God, you're doing this. This is what you're doing. You're shepherding me here. and And I can look back and see that, wow, God has, despite myself, he has guided me through these things providentially. And, and I would, you know, I would suggest that's the first thing is, is commitment to God and a recognition of his commitment to you. And then along the way, recognize that this thing that's happening to you, this may actually be God guiding you. Don't fight against it. Yeah. Don't just, you know, fight against those. But maybe actually God's trying to talk to you here. I've always remembered that initial prayer. So, Every circumstance that happens, I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is God actually, maybe God's trying to say something to me here in this situation. Get you off the rumble strips. Yeah, so absolutely. Speak, back into the lane. Yeah. And that is that's been a key to me ending up where I have. Because to be honest, I'm amazed I have. I mean, I I I've I think, you know, I've I've rarely felt in my life such a sense of this is right where you know where, where I need to be. But when I look back, I think it was so unlikely that I would ever have ended up here. Hmm. How did that happen? It happened with a lot of hmm. divine yeah. providence. So there's a sense there that you're in the river, that God's taking you on the
0: journey. And it's not because of you making a decision of which step to take. You're already being carried along. It's only when you look back in hindsight that you see the... The direction and the twists and turns that you've been
2: carried—yeah, carried, that's right—carried along through. Um, and it's not fatalistic. No, I, I, that's no. not. We don't believe in fate. You know, you're mm. just—you're always going to end up because it was. It's been important for me along the way to respond mm. to what God is doing. Remember, it's relational. We are not just in a flow of impersonal fate. Mm-hmm. We're in a relationship with God, and everything that happens is part of that relationship. So that current that carries us along is like the relationship. It's not a big
0: thing that says, go this way or go that way. It's just in that relationship, we, we somehow get carried along without even being aware of it. And so when we look back and we see the things that God's carried us through and things that we've been exposed to along, that was the way that God wanted us to take Want us yeah. to go, and that's the way that we went. Yeah, we d- we weren't making decisions about that along the way. There's other decisions we've had to make, but within that overall kind of journey that we're unaware of, we can make decisions within there, but it doesn't necessarily change the the outcome of that. But sometimes there are big decisions, and God does speak to us, mm. so we right. will put yeah, a roadblock yeah. up if it is something that. We're not meant to go that way because it is actually going to take us off course, and it is—it's not going to—it's not the way that God wants us to go. He will put yeah. that roadblock up. I think if we—if you're looking for God to make a decision, be open to Him. Put those roadblocks yeah, up, great. And,
2: and He really does do that. I've, I've yeah. seen that in my life again and again, like major roadblocks. I mean, and we've got to be careful what we interpret as such. But yeah, uh, you know, and again, there's wisdom there, but. I think most Christians can testify to things that happened when they were going to make this decision, and with a sigh of relief, they look back yeah. thinking, thank goodness yeah. that God did that.
0: But if you don't get the obvious roadblock or even the tick of approval to go a particular way, then don't shirk responsibility. Make the decision with the wisdom that God's, yeah, that's given, right. yeah. God's given you, but also discern your own motives and yeah. your heart, and that plugs into the relationship yeah the journey of relationship that we're on with God anyway yeah. to actually work out whether I'm just making the decision for the wrong reasons and God allows us and gives us the scope to make those yeah those choices and they yeah. could even be big choices to us but they're yeah. they're not actually that yeah that big otherwise God wouldn't let us go down that path mm. if, if that's what we desire is to go yeah. on
1: the journey that he wants us to go on yeah it's good just in terms of the roadblocks, just to encourage the others that are like me out there, you know, even when God does put the roadblock and you decide to ignore it, you're not beyond God's grace to draw that's you right. back to where you need to be. Uh,
2: yeah, that's that's a really good point. It don't ever think that, that you, your right. bad decisions mean that you get put on like some Plan B mm. or Plan C. Yeah. God only has he has a plan that he works off, it works out in such a unfathomable way. Yeah, a, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, I mean, the classic example is that the son that becomes the king after David yeah. Is the son of Bathsheba that comes from a union that should never have happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. So God takes the greatest mm-hmm. mistake of David mm-hmm. and he chooses that line to fulfill his perfect yep. plan through yep. that. Yep. So don't ever think that mistakes that you've made in the past are going to thwart God's purpose. That are, they're going to thwart God's purpose because God works out his perfect purpose. this is the the mysterious and unfathomable mm-hmm. sovereignty of God. He works out his perfect purpose despite our failings. And you see that happening again and again in the Bible. Uh, people doing something, and yes, they shouldn't have done that, but still through that, God's perfect purpose is, is realized. And that's the same for you. So you're never, you're never disqualified. God's purpose is always for redemption. No matter where you stray off to the right or the left, you have always got the opportunity to step back uh, onto God's path.
0: for joining us for this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Our hope is that these discussions will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective. You'll find all our resources at the Thrive Today website, thrivetoday.tv. If there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please email us. Our email is contact at thrivetoday.tv.
2: Until next time, our prayer is that you will thrive.